Welcome to Two Chicks, Three Seats, the podcast that takes a look at the hospitality industry's hottest topics. Two Chicks, Three Seats is hosted by Kate Kennedy and Rachel Calkins and is brought to you by Triple Seat, the industry leader in event management software. Find out more about Triple Seat at TripleSeat.com. everyone and welcome to your favorite hospitality and events industry podcast two chicks three seats we are super excited today to welcome two fellow podcasters and event professionals to the show sarah and tj are from the annenberg presidential conference center at texas a&m university and they're also the hosts of coffee talk which is a fun and informative video podcast that discusses event related topics with real life experiences from their work at the apcc And one of the lines that I loved the most on their website says, we are here to share, educate, and enlighten with what is going on in the events industry today, tomorrow, and yesterday. And I feel like that's amazing because that's what Rachel and I love to do as well. So (laughs) we found our Texas counterparts. (laughs) So welcome to the podcast, Sarah and TJ. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having us. Absolutely. So can you guys start by giving us a quick intro about your career backgrounds and role now at the APCC? You're up first, dude. Oh, okay. (laughs) Um, um, So I'm TJ. I am an event manager at the Annenberg. And my background, I'm kind of all over the place. I've managed events, um, catering management, supervisor, Um, bartended for decades. Um, So I've just kind of done a little bit of everything in the industry. Awesome. Decades. Decades. (laughs) I'm 106. (laughs) I always say that too. I bartended for decades and everyone's like, what? What?" It feels like like Almost 20 years, I guess. (laughs) Exactly. Um, I'm Sarah. I'm the director here at the facility. I've been in the industry I don't even know how far back. Um, Decades. Yeah, we'll say decades as well. Um, I started out doing front of house planning and helping with marketing in one of my jobs. And then I started here in 09 and um, learned the basics of the industry and then shifted to catering. Um, And when I was in catering, we had high level expectations, which is probably why during our podcast, you hear me talk so negatively about catering and my frustrations with people. Um, And then I came back here. And definitely like the facility side. I like being in the behind the scenes versus in the front of the house. So I definitely enjoy what we do around here and the people that we work with. That's awesome. So lots of experience between the both of you. So great insight for your podcast and for our guests today. So for our podcast too. (laughs) (laughs) We love to have the experts on. (laughs) So how about we start off by getting to know a little bit more about what events look like at the Annenberg Presidential Conference Center. So what type of events do you guys normally host in regular circumstances when we're not in this COVID world that we're in right now? Um, We do... A lot of different types. Obviously, we stay away from uh, weddings, <laughs> as I'm sure you've heard. Um, but there's classes, um, a lot of academic support, uh, political events. We've had, I guess, the honor to host vice presidents and congressmen, congresswomen, um, different federal agencies. 
So yeah, dinners, banquets, conferences, mm-hmm. all all sorts of things. Yeah. <laughs> we have piano concerts. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, that's cool. Choirs. Do you host a lot of like Texas A&M based college events, like local campus things, stuff like that? Yes, I would say probably about 85% are. And we are associated with the Bush School of Government um, and Public Service. So a lot of what we do is with the Bush School and the complex out here since we're attached to uh, former President Bush's library. This whole complex kind of supports his foundation. So we do a lot of stuff for them. They're our main client and we kind of do fillers with everybody else across campus. We don't do a whole lot outside of the university. We do, but it's usually a partnership with an, with an organization. On right. right. That makes sense. I feel like when I went to college, I was in the business school and we kind of had the equivalent with the event center that would host all the business events that we'd go to. So I hear what you mean there. Yeah, um, so I don't remember it. Rachel remembers it. but. <laughs> It's a little more recent for me. That's all. Shut up. <laughs> uh, but but how has the pandemic directly affected events that you had scheduled? Have you had to reschedule different events? Sadly, I know it's obviously impacted everyone everywhere, unfortunately. But like, has it been? Was it challenging for rescheduling? Did you have unhappy clients or people understanding? What was that experience like dealing with the pandemic? I think since because we were part of the Bush School and my boss, the dean of the Bush School that I report to, basically mandated across the entire school that everything was moving to virtual. So it was really easy for us with at least all of them to transition and say, hey, we can't host this. Um, Plus the provost came to us and, you know, you're doing classes this semester. So we really didn't have a choice in that. So they were going to get canceled no matter what. Um, Most didn't try to really reschedule. We had a couple that rescheduled for the summer, thinking that maybe the spring would be in the same boat, which we are. Um, mm-hmm. We didn't really deal with anyone who was upset by it. I think everybody anticipated that that was going to be the case. Yeah. Well, you don't deal with weddings, I guess. So that's <laughs> probably why you didn't <laughs> have any upset customers. <laughs> yeah. And I'm sure we could, but as long as I'm here, we won't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm yeah, we, you. Don't, we don't have a dance floor. We can't yeah, do it. We don't. We don't have a dance floor. <laughs> And really, if someone wanted to do a wedding here, you're looking at probably 50 people if we had to bring it. It's just not as large as, you know, a grand ballroom that they have on main campus. Right. It's not, it's not really ideal. We're not really near a hotel. There's not a ton of food about, like, around where our, our complex is. But, yeah, yeah it's, I just, you know, I don't want to deal with the bride and her mother. <laughs> don't blame you. Yeah. <laughs> I do not blame you. <laughs> I actually hate organizing weddings so much that I ended up not liking my wedding planner because she was so up my butt. And I was like, I don't need your help. <laughs> but it came like my, my space came with a wedding planner. So I was like, okay, but I don't need your help. I need you to stop. <laughs> but so I want a portion of whatever percent you're giving her and give it back. Yeah. And put it towards the open bar. That would yeah, be much better. <laughs> That's yeah. so true. Okay. So that was a good, <laughs> that was great feedback. Um, and I'm glad that you haven't had to deal with anyone and too bad and people have been understanding, but so you obviously have talked about on your podcast, how you've transitioned the space mostly for classes right now. So could you tell us how that has looked and like what, tell our listeners what the sanitation looks like, what the setup is kind of how that flow looks now with the conference center turning into hosting classes for the students. I'll let you take <laughs> Sorry, that. Is that a loaded question? Oh, thanks so much. I had to do that. They don't yes. like the setup that we had to do. 
apparently none of them are equipped to do it, even though they've been trained on it. I don't know. Uh-oh. Okay, so it wasn't a workshop setup, a true workshop, which was I'm thankful for. Um, but we've, for our banquet space, um, it's a lot of six by 18s and six by 30s just set up in rows. Um, everything is, uh, I think, five to six feet apart. Um, well, face I think, to face is six feet apart. Yes, face to face is six foot. Um, and then obviously the tables are six foot, so you strategically place chairs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, <laughs> sanitation, we sanitize between every class. We have to go in and sanitize all of the AV equipment that um, professors are using. Um, our custodial staff come in and do like, a, I don't know if it's a chlorine fog. <laughs> <laughs> between every yeah with the spray yeah okay um we have sanitation stations set up in the back of the room so if somebody comes in and they want to re-sanitize the space that they're going to be in they're more than welcome to um sanitizing the door handles and just everything <laughs> so we try to stay pretty thorough about it um we try to catch it between every classes thankfully the professors have been good enough to some of them bring their own Clorox wipes and they're like, well, we're just going to re-sanitize it after you, Um, which is great. I mean, at this point, the safer, the better. Right. Um, My favorite part is still having to inform people that just like posted on the exterior of our building, we're still required to wear masks (laughs) in publicly shared places. Um, Oh boy. Yes. I've been asked several times (laughs) if I was a student and why I was asking them, like, that's a so sweet. Thank you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> uh, but no, I but work no, here. put on your mask. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, we've every, the signages. I mean, our marketing manager Jamie has been great developing all of the guidelines and signage and everything to put on the building and map out where the herds are supposed to walk mm. and what sides they follow the it. Or is oh, it like no. the grocery store and no one follows the lines? Yeah. Nobody follows it. They're teenagers. They think they know everything. <laughs> right. Know. Yeah, but what, what about the adults in like the supermarket who just walk right towards you going the opposite direction? I'm like, if I have two kids with me and I'm doing it, then you should really be able to do it on your own. <laughs> yes. It's yeah, command, right? Nobody wants to yeah. follow the rules. Yeah. <laughs> well, our auditorium setup is... Um, TJ, how long did it take uh, you to take the Yeah, so we have colored dots. On. Three days. It took me three so days our, to put color coordinated dots. Yeah. Oh God. On our auditorium seats. So a certain time of the day when class happens, they have to sit in a specific color. So it's either red, yellow, or blue. And um, the provost office came up with this ingenious idea in these little vinyl dots that don't actually really stick to the seats very well. Um, but yeah, I think it took Michael and I. I want to say at least four hours to do both of them. And then it took you, what, three days to do it again after the holiday break? It took me three days because I had to wait for stickers, okay? Like, (laughs) I ran out of stickers. (laughs) Um, That sounds pretty awful, though. I'm not going to It was. There was a pattern that I had to follow, and with how our seating is divided, it wasn't working out. Like you were still getting colored stickers that were back to back. So then I had to go through and like rearrange. It was not fun. It was not, it was terrible. You know, 
It's funny. This reminds me that when, when my son, my son's in kindergarten and they opened his school, I mean, they've closed 10 times since they opened it um, because of people getting sick, but he's in school currently. And when they were setting everything up, cause he was remote for like the first two months. Um, and when they were setting everything up, I said to my husband, I was like, they should just send me in there because an event manager could get this done. <laughs> like, Absolutely. you know what I mean? Like, cause they were, I mean, it took them like two weeks, which is, I get it. It's fine. But like, it was just funny. I was like, they should just send an event manager in there and have them do it. <laughs> Three days is a lot less. <laughs> and an event manager, Chick-fil-A manager. Yeah. Real, yeah. Any general manager <laughs> from anywhere from McDonald's all the way up into, you know, a large conference center. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> anyone in the hospitality industry, there a server, go. literally anyone mm-hmm. actually. Well, I don't know, because you've seen pictures, the servers don't they have to follow direction from somebody, so we still have issues there. Yeah, that's true. That's true, too. It's different everywhere, I guess. It, it's funny, because you guys are, you know, you're in the South, we're in the Northeast, but I feel like it's it's the same everywhere. It's the same issues, no matter where you go. Maybe Florida might have a few more issues than anywhere else, but I digress. <laughs> Possibly. That's fair. <laughs> so... On your podcast, Coffee Talk, um, you really discuss event trends and strategies that have been relevant during the past few months as the entire industry has been forced to adapt to you know, new ways of doing everything. So first, let's talk about event types because I really, really enjoyed that episode. The first one, you have two episodes I know that you talk about event types. The first episode that you talk about, it was episode four, and you threw down um, some serious event industry knowledge and terminology, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. And you later kind of recategorized the terms in episode 10, I think, right? And because I think that they can, they kind of merged and you we, know, we continue to bucket. learn about things, obviously, months but, later. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so the first was like when you guys were talking about episode four, virtual events versus digital events, which I was so confused because I was like, oh yeah, they're the same thing. <laughs> but the definitions like obviously aren't really white and black. They're, you know, kind of yeah. merged. But what are some of the differences between the two? Or, or did you find out later that there are no differences between the two? Yeah, so um, I recently did the Virtual Events Institute certification program that's based out of London or England somewhere. I can't remember. Um, but so they break it down. Digital was a term that was thrown out when the traditional like Virtual in the very beginning was just a virtual meeting. So you're literally just getting on like Zoom call and doing a virtual meeting. So there's not a whole lot going back and forth. And then digital, I started hearing a lot more on the West Coast, mostly like Vegas. A lot of people talking, you know, everything's bigger in Vegas and a lot more. So that's where I first started hearing a lot more of that. And people started using digital because there's such a negative context behind virtual. Um, But the reality of it is everything falls underneath the term virtual. It's just how you break down what you're doing. So like a webinar is still a virtual event, but it's a type of event. Um, Same thing with like doing a live stream or as I'm sure TJ will explain what Hub and Spoke is because it's like your favorite. Um, You know, the breakouts, the meetings, the round tables, the people who do like the exhibition halls, which for academic side, it's poster sessions, those kinds of things. So they all fall underneath virtual Digital, I think, was just a term used a lot in the beginning because people just didn't want to use virtual because, oh, it's just another virtual event. Like, people weren't signing up for things. They weren't getting, you know, the attendees and what they needed as far as what their investment was. So there is a lot of overlap, but I think digital also for some people is what more you bring into the table. You know, what, what more technology are you looking into all of this and how can you make it even better than just a standard virtual meeting? 
Yeah. I think that's where digital came from because people were using other, you know, AV um, technology or apps to bring. And so they were just, it was a more of a digital event because there's more layers to it than just doing a typical virtual event. But yes, it's still super confusing. Yeah. <laughs> um, we kind of, I feel like, so the Christmas, normally we do a huge holiday party for our company. Um, and obviously this year it was virtual, <laughs> but um, we did use a ton of other like softwares, Rachel, you helped set it all up. Um, what was the software where we were like, like playing inside a world? Basically, it's called, it's called Gather Town or Gather, yeah, Gather, Gather Town. Town. And everyone has like a little icon that's kind of your person, and your you can, avatar, yeah. yeah, your avatar. And then you kind of literally use your arrow keys on your computer, and you can walk around. And then your face will pop up when you get closest to people. So if we were all walking around. You would see our four faces and you could talk to each other which we thought was so fun so we would walk around and you'd run into like this person on this team or this person on this team from the company I thought it was really cool and you could really engage and then there was a chat and then we also did a wine tasting in that platform so we you could spotlight the people that you wanted to spotlight so we had uh the the man from the uh wine company who was doing the wine tasting spotlighted on the front so everyone could see him you didn't have to be close enough to him but I don't know it was really creative and I felt like it was, it was yeah yeah it was different it was than just fun zoom or um go because we, we use big marker right yeah, we use big, big marker. marker a lot because we're just all so sick of zoom that big marker I feel like adds a little bit more you guys at why you guys yeah <laughs> oh yeah we all hate yeah. we're on zoom right now <laughs> no but it is what it is I mean it's good for like a simple meeting but like if you're gonna yes. do have a lot of people you want to interact with a ton of people it's like the worst platform ever it is and we so we do social hours we try to get our our you know our customers to network with each other and we were doing them on um zoom and and we've just started like talking about moving them over to big market because they are it's just like it's awkward it's it's the functionality isn't there it's basically just a meeting with it's like a work meeting whereas it's not certainly not like a fun event or experience which we'll get to but (laughs) Um, but I do first, I want to talk about that hub and spoke method. Um, cause I've honestly never heard about it. And I think I would have like referred to it before I listened to your podcast as a hybrid event, but this is more like hybrid, like on crack. I feel like. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Steroids. That's crack, why TJ yeah. Loved it, you know, yeah. So um, it's, it's more, right. It's, yes. I like the, the bigger. Crack plus, uh, you know, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so basically it is, that's all it is, is it's a hybrid event on crack where you, um, say you have an event in Vegas and it's hybrid, you're going to do it virtual. Um, but you set up in maybe bigger cities, Boston, Austin, um, you know, San Francisco, where you might book a hotel or a conference center or just a space and have it retrofitted and set up with AV to be able to attend the event virtually. And then people can gather there that are also registered for that event. So in our facility, we work with the presidential library and they have a lot of their educational events set up like that, where they host the event in person and different schools will attend it but they also have it set up where children or classrooms and other areas can log in to also attend the event and they can be a part of it. They can ask their questions, they can listen, they can respond to the speakers. Um, so that's all it is, but yeah. it was labeled hub and spoke and- I love it. Yeah. I love it. 
we're so going to use you, that. Yeah. You have your, you know, like on a wheel, you have your hub in the center and then your spokes mm-hmm. where it just branches off, but you're all connected. <laughs> That's the <laughs> yeah. only thing that I can rationalize that they figured out how to call it that. It does make sense though. I like the wheel. I like the wheel analogy because it does. It makes sense. Um, I think it's a fan. I feel like we had, we had spoken at triple seed about doing something like this with, we do a conference every year called event camp. Um, and normally it's like, we'll do one, um, East coast, one West coast. Um, but this year I think (laughs) we did one in Nashville last year. Um, last year, when was that? It's not the South. I know I drove there down here. (laughs) Oh, funny story. Sidetrack, funny story. I actually, it's not the South because I drove there from Boston, um, because I was pregnant and my doctor told me I couldn't fly because I had like some like stupid complications, but like I could drive there. So I drove (laughs) to Nashville. So no, it's not the South because it didn't take that long. Like 15 hours, I think. I forget. My boss wanted to kill that's me. Not, but that's fine. like a drive to Amarillo. So. Yeah, it's fine. Okay. It's totally fine. I stopped a lot. Um, <laughs> but yeah, with event camp, we were thinking we wanted to do like, we were calling it hybrid, but now I'm totally going to call it this hub and spoke because then we could have people on the West Coast, people in the South, people in in um, in the Northeast actually in venues and then add in the virtual aspect of it. It's a great idea. We'll have to get with our event planner, Rachel. <laughs> I know. Her name's also Rachel. She's gonna hate you. She's gonna hate <laughs> She loves stuff like this. I think she'd love it. Yeah. See, well, that's why I like it because it, it adds the levels, the different levels, mm-hmm. and then it gets more complicated and more chaotic. And I'm like, yes. Yeah. She loves that. She was a corporate event planner forever. So I think she loves the complicated and like putting out the fires sort of situations. So <laughs> she'd love that. Yeah. It's okay. Um, so then the, the other thing that I wanted to talk about, like regarding events and event um, terminology was, you know, the change of like virtual events now being called virtual experiences, because I feel like this whole experience factor before COVID was like a huge trend in events, like no more boring events, like, you know, like have an experience and like make it we even did, we did an article, we have a magazine that we put out like every quarter and we did a whole article or a whole section on like why you should like move to vir- not virtual, to experiences rather than just like plain old events. Um, so it was interesting to hear about like the virtual experience um, when you guys were talking about it. Can you like explain a little more about that? Well, I think most of the people when they attend events, I mean, we talk, TJ and I talk frequently about like virtual fatigue and what comes along with the amount of events that there are. So now people who are hosting events are really having to think outside the box on what these people are going to get in return for attending. You know, how can they amp it up? How can they keep the engagement going instead of boring people? They have more of ability to log off and get off the event at any point versus when you're live, you walk out of a room, it's kind of disruptive. You know, other people see you, whereas now with virtual, you can turn your camera off and no one has no idea if you're there or not. Um, so I think it's just, they've upped the ante, like you have to give people more attendees, more, they want more, they want to engage more, they want it to be more worth their time. So these experiences have to be really thought out and planned and organized, you know, very, you know, creatively. So that way it keeps the people engaged. If not, you're going to lose them at the beginning and then it creates that, you know, virtual fatigue, but yeah, virtual events is just, uh, I mean, there's so much, I mean, as you guys heard, and as we constantly educate ourselves on, there's so many different things that can be done with virtual. Um, and now since people are like, we've been home like a year now, almost, you know, we're getting to that point where people are wanting more, like, 
you know, they're tired of sitting at home, they have to change what they're doing. And so if you don't create a, you know, positive and very uplifting or engaging experience, I mean, people just aren't going to do it. And it, you know, it less is more. Yeah. Right. You guys definitely yeah. referenced the quality versus quantity of events and how during the pandemic, people have just been <clears throat> wanting to put things out there and just have more events just to have them. But I definitely agree. And having that experience factor, I feel like plays into upping the, the quality of the event itself. So more on one event is better than too many smaller, wow. not as much effort put into events. Yeah. Right. Well, and if you're going to have a lot of smaller events, just combine them. Yeah, that's true. Or if you notice that another group is hosting an event that's very similar to the event that you're going to host, partner. Yeah. You know, like it's smart. I was. (laughs) No need for so many. (laughs) I was laughing pretty hard though when you guys were talking about how um, one of like a virtual experience had like started with a yoga class. Oh my god. (laughs) Oh, Oh my gosh. Was, was that WEC, TJ? That was WEC. Uh. And like several others that we've looked at the schedule for and go, never mind. No. No. Nope. No yoga. No hit class. Yeah. No, I'm no. good. I'm okay. <laughs> well, don't start the day that way. I mean, it's, right. kind of, it's like after lunch so people don't fall asleep. But I'm paying for what? For my first session to be yoga? No, I don't want to stretch. I got out of <laughs> yeah. bed and stretched and got my coffee. That's as far as yeah. I I totally agree. I do think like they can be fun later in the day, like you said, but not first thing in the morning. Like, hey, here's a bunch of people you don't know. Want to do yoga with them? (laughs) No, but you know, I'm I'm sure there's people out there that are all for that. Give a second option. Yeah, (laughs) you know. Yep. Yep. Or maybe send a bagel in the mail, like we. Yeah, like, can you send a bagel in the mail for me? That'd be great. Like, yeah, that's, that's what, what we did. Yeah. We did that for the holiday party. It was bag from Brooklyn, bagels and cream cheese, and that's how we started. Good. Way that's better. Yeah. I ate like three. So what is that? I signed up to be um, on that. Yeah, exactly. You got a mailing list. Oh, that's funny. Um, you did. You talked a little bit about virtual networking events too, and like I said before, we've hosted quite a few online um, networking events in the past year. Um, we used to do them in person. We called them party people events and we travel to different um, markets and, and host our customers and some prospects as well and have them network in, you know, at a bar, with cocktails, food, whatever. Obviously we can't do that now. So we've been trying to do them online. We were doing them like, we were doing them for a while, like once a week. And it was more for people to just vent, you know, about what's going on. Um, but then, like you said, the less is more. Um, we realized that there was just too, it was just too much. So we were doing like, we went down to, what was it like once every two weeks, Rachel first, and then yeah. once a month. And right. then we stopped for a while together and we just started doing them again. And they're like once a, every six weeks. Um, but we've definitely had some success with them because some customers love them. And we've also had some like moments we'd like to forget <laughs> and like really, really, really long silences. And yeah. <laughs> just like and basically it just ended up being like five triple c people talking about events and not any of our customers just like sitting there listening so um do you have advice for people who are trying to host virtual networking events um or even tips for people who are joining in as like a customer or who's trying to network with other people virtually don't do it I loved, I loved how you guys were talking about it on your episodes. It was fun. Yeah, we were, I was laughing at that one too because I was like, oh my God, this is us. We deal with this all the time. <laughs> like, I, I don't like How do we make them better? Either. Like, it's like, yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. TJ's my, she's my networking person. Like she could talk to a wall. I'm not really great at it because I just, you know, I always comment, you've probably heard her episodes. I don't really like a lot of people. So I don't really know how I even ended up in this mm-hmm. industry. So it's really hard for me to go into a room with like hundred people and just talk to somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, TJ, like that's her biggest thing. Like she wants to be able to network. And I, I mean, that's all you, I have no earthly idea how you I just like that. talking to people. And especially now, <laughs> like with COVID, <laughs> Um, going around, you don't get to see a lot of people. I will talk to the most random, like I will talk to a three-year-old. I'm not even shy. Like, does this three-year-old want to know about, I don't know, anything? I will actually, you want to talk about dinosaurs? We can talk about dinosaurs. Um, but I enjoy in-person networking. Virtual networking has definitely been a switch and it's, it's not for the wallflower. It is, it's not for somebody that can't like forcibly put themselves out there. Um, my best advice is if you are that type of person, have your talking points, you know, have your rehearse your opening line if you want to, um, whether it's an antidote, a joke, um, something about yourself that somebody might find interesting to just start the conversation. Um, the y'all's Christmas party, that little, the little virtual world stuff, that would be mm-hmm. awesome. If every virtual networking was like that, I think I would like that even more because yeah. you're more likely to be able to read somebody like, oh, hey, they look like they're open to a conversation versus they look like they're having a bad day. I'm gonna go talk to them, <laughs> you know, but you can kind of prepare yourself mm-hmm. for how you're going to approach somebody if you can see their body language or how they're interacting with other people. Virtual is just so much harder. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if you're not quick, if you're not quick to jump in there, now you're five seconds behind the conversation and they're like way ahead of you. Yeah. And you're like holding on to that one point you wanted to make, yes. but it's like past it. And you're like, damn it. Yeah. <laughs> Lost my chance. Yeah, you're good at networking. Circle, what are you talking let's about? Let's circle back to this. I want to talk about this some more. Right. And everybody's like, no, we're not doing that. I think I am. I'm, I'm, yeah, I think I'm probably with TJ. I'm, I really enjoy marketing. I mean, um, networking. I like my jam. I don't know why. I just like to talk to people too. Yeah. As you can tell, I just like to talk. Yeah. I, don't I feel like I'm chock full of useless information. Well, yeah, see, yeah. and I'm not, I'm not that way. And I'm not good at the small talk. Like you want to talk about something that I'm interested in and that, you know, you want to talk about like this kind of stuff that I have a lot of experience with. Sure. But to just say, Hey, how are you? How, do you have kids? Yeah. No, we don't ask that. We're not supposed to ask that question anymore. Oh, really? Is that like a thing? <laughs> you're not supposed to ask that question. Only when you're interviewing somebody. About now, because there's a like kid's home, kids, you know, remote yeah. learning, when I kill myself because of it's my kids. It's an instant connection <laughs> that I'm not part of. <laughs> I know, poor Rachel. All I do is bitch all day. And she's like, oh, I'm so sorry. That stinks. <laughs> I have this plant I have to take care of. <laughs> yeah. It's okay, though. The plant, you know, you won't get arrested if the plant doesn't eat for a week. Like, it's exactly. fine. It's fine. Totally uh, fine. I, you don't need to water it. I'll live without no. it, too. <laughs> yeah. You'll survive. Uh, yeah, yeah that's, just, that's just my tip is just be, pre- be prepared. Almost like going in for an interview. Just kind right. of have your talking points and say, hey, like, do you know a goldfish only has a memory span of three seconds? How neat is that? And then you're either that crazy goldfish lady for the rest of the event, or you've started a conversation with somebody that has an aquarium. Like, <laughs> you never know. know how yeah. to go. 
That's funny. I'm going to use that one. <laughs> Kate and I were talking about what we were, you referenced it briefly before, but how the, that uh, experimental event and how just hilarious that was and ridiculous at the same time with the lack of social distancing, the plexiglass that you guys kept making the jokes about it. Like, what is it not supposed to go above your face to actually, you know, prevent from germs? Um, and we just thought it was so funny that that was actually even posted as well. And you cr- critiqued it in that one episode of yours. So we I was about that out. Yeah, I was dying. When you posted the picture, I was like, wait, the first thing I thought was like, wait a minute. First of all, the chef doesn't even, isn't even wearing a full mask. Second of all, the plexiglass is like up to his chest, not even. It's like his stomach. <laughs> Who is that? Who is that like yeah. protecting? No one. Yeah. <laughs> Was that the one that was outside? The buffet was set up outside? Yeah, yes. And that was TJ's argument. Well, it's outside. I'm like, okay, so air only goes down. I mean. Yes. <laughs> right on top of the food. Okay, yeah. I mean, yeah. Um, Sarah says it all the time. Where If you don't want it documented, don't put it online. No, right. right. If you don't want it. it out there forever, don't put it online. Because even if that article had only been posted for a day, somebody somewhere has screenshot it. Right. Yeah. It's a bad look. Someone like you. Yeah, we'll have to link that episode um, so our <laughs> listeners can hear what we're referencing. But <laughs> just, but we and we see it so often. Like mm-hmm, it's right. not even that. It's not like that was a one-off. Yeah. Right? You know, I mean, I see it around town. I walked into a boutique the other day that had like a cheese platter out on display for you to take samples of. It was oh not God. covered. <laughs> I think what is just out there in the and I'm just like. Here, have some COVID cheese. Yeah, (laughs) like, you know, it's fine. It's cheese. It doesn't like cheese. (sighs) So we see it. And I mean, it's, it's all over the place. Yeah. And I mean, I just don't understand, like, do people not care? Do they not understand the guidelines? Maybe they should ask somebody. What were they thinking? Yeah. I mean, and if they don't know, should they be running an, an event at hotel, at a hotel? Like that just doesn't seem like that's the right place for them to be if they're not taking the time to do the research and figure out I also was laughing because you said that um it should be how how much taller than the tallest person behind it it was like half a foot or something yeah I think it was like six to eight inches okay and I was laughing because I was like that's tall like that's really tall I was like six two And if that's the case, if you can't get plexiglass that's any taller than that, well, guess what? Everybody under five foot is going to be working on that buffet line. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're going to you have know, to start me. choosing by height. Yeah. Right. Or like maybe buffet, buffet is just like not the best idea during COVID. <laughs> no, which is the other, like get creative. Like right. why are these caterers not getting more creative? And I know we've We've talked about it in some of our episodes where we have seen caterers in other states that are really jumping on board with trying to figure out how they can still do buffets or how they can still, you know, revamp the box lunch. Yeah. And we've seen some really great options out there, but some people just aren't putting in the effort and it's kind of sad. I agree. We have a lot of customers who have come up with some really cool ideas for events, catered events in, in whether they're like, they're catering them with staff or you know just the opposite of just delivering the food but um there are a lot of those like like gourmet box lunch ideas like the even bento box dinners, boxes. like bento boxes yeah, yeah it's really it's neat how they've pivoted for sure but yeah just throwing out a buffet with a two-foot plexiglass <laughs> in front of you is probably not the best idea <laughs> <laughs> <No>. <laughs> 
Well, on that note, <laughs> so you guys, everyone listening, will have to look at Coffee Talks. So you can actually listen to that episode and see what we're referencing with that joke. <laughs> but speaking of Coffee Talk, you guys started that during the pandemic to talk about what you guys have been doing at the conference center and at, on the campus, helping with the students and classes and everything in the events industry. So, are you gonna? What's the plan moving forward for the spring, and what do you have on coming up, and what does the future hold with Coffee Talk and the content that you'll be putting out there with it? Yeah, Sarah. Yeah, that's why I was waiting for that one. It's I was the, waiting for it's that. The future. So this was yeah. this was Sarah's idea. This is Sarah's baby. Uh, yeah, so I don't she know. gets to take lead on this one. Well, it started out originally like almost a year ago. I wanted to do some sort of like director's corner thing, like a quick video on our website or our social media pages just to let people know what we're going on in the facility. Because we still, even though we do a lot of stuff in our building, there are still a ton of people on this campus that have never even heard of our building. Mm-hmm. And so we were just trying to find ways to engage, you know, a little bit more of the student body audience and so I started thinking, well, let's do a director's corner. And then when that started evolving, we started talking about LinkedIn. And then it just kind of evolved to when you when TJ first started working here, one of the things that somebody commented on was like, if they just put a camera on the two of you and followed y'all around, you should have your own talk show. Because the stuff that flies out of our mouths and the things that we talk about is probably not work appropriate, but um <laughs> It is pretty entertaining for the rest of the staff. So then it turned into, well, we have some time. Maybe we should try the podcast. Because um, CJ and I talked about it, what, two years ago? Yeah, but it was just supposed to be like a podcast, like voice recordings. Yeah. Right. But see, the thing is, is in order, yeah, you can hear a lot in the audio, but when people who know TJ and I, a lot of our interaction is very facial expression. So if, even when you watch the episodes, like she gives me the stupid blank stare that drives me nuts because I don't know what she's thinking. <laughs> um, or, you know, I have a tendency to roll my eyes at her and, you know, you, you can't always see that through in the audio podcast, but um, I mean, this semester we've definitely shifted to um, more of the audio and Jamie is uh, wonderful and since she's moved into a marketing position she's definitely taken on the whole animation and she wants to run with it you know come up with our own cartoon and everything and she's <laughs> like okay whatever you want to do um, but as far as the future I think we'll always do this to some degree we definitely enjoy having you know guests on the show we've hosted one of our students our associate dean of, of the academics for the Bush School has been on twice, I think now. But he was in our one time, so you couldn't. Yeah, really he was in our Halloween episode where we did a live episode, yeah. which was entertaining. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's pretty fun, and I don't, I don't think we'll ever, unless one of us leaves. I don't know that we'll ever stop doing it, just because I do enjoy it. It's definitely been nice to educate people enlighten people as TJ says um especially clients that we deal with because a lot of them we send a lot of information and, and as you guys were saying you know you haven't heard certain terms they half of them haven't even heard of like three-fourths of those terms it's right. amazing to me that they could play in events but yet they truly don't know the industry that they're even in um, yeah so I think it's nice I mean it gives people an idea of what we're doing and i I, I can't speak for TJ. It's fun for me. I think I give TJ more anxiety by doing this. She must um, stress me out. I only did that once, and that was when we did a random. Because I don't even remember what we were talking about. That one day, I just something really pissed me off, and so I really wanted to talk about it. It's probably catering. Probably. It's happened to us before. Okay. I mean, that's yeah. literally like it's her hot. Her her trigger is catering. It's, 
Yeah, it's that's so funny because that's like and it's like what um, we're pushing. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah, but say. like triple C is like pushing catering because there's really no other types of events like in-person events happening right now. So I feel like every blog post I've been writing and like every every podcast episode we do is talk about catering. <laughs> but there's nothing wrong and- with it. I think you know I just like there's I've worked in catering. I've seen the higher level of catering. I'm just so incredibly disappointed with the service that we see here because we are supposed to be a hiring facility. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't do anything on compostable. Everything in our building has to be on China. Like it's just supposed to be that way. And so when you have a high level event and even a chef doesn't show up, that's when I have an issue because it's your food. You haven't tasted the presentation. You don't even know what it looks like. You're trusting the front of house people who you obviously haven't trained, which I don't blame them. They're doing the best they can with the very little training they've received from back of house. So it's just, yes, it is. TJ is correct. It is a big trigger for me, which I'm was dubbed the dragon lady for my apparent high level of expectation for these catered events. But it's just, I don't know. There's an expectation. They're they're paying totally. for a higher level of service and they should receive it. That's just yeah. Well, I think it's couldn't agree you have more. that opinion and then you can share that and people can hopefully take it, take something from it and maybe do better next time. Yeah, I don't spread the word. Mean. Yeah. <laughs> There's no hope. <laughs> but a lot of times the clients don't see that they're not getting the higher level. Like we see right. it. So we catch it before right. the client's even aware of it. <clears throat> Mm-hmm. You know, and, and it hurts so, sometimes too, like it, that, you know, so much about the industry because you've worked in it for so long that you're seeing things that people who've never worked in the hospitality industry would never notice. Do you know what I mean? And I, I find that even going into a restaurant, um, that there's things that I'm like, I notice things that are happening, like, you know, in like back of the house. And I'm like, what, <laughs> why am I like, take my mind? I don't work here, <laughs> let it go. But if it's affecting like, you know, your business, then that's a whole different story. So, yeah. Well, and the common, the common saying is, you know, when people go to events, the one thing they will always remember is first is the food, whether it was bad or good. So if you support your client and get them to ensure that experience is good for their, you know, their guests, then that's a positive. But I mean, we've had too many events where that's the first thing. Well, I don't want to use that caterer because it was so awful last year. I'm like, well, they have a different yeah, chef. Or we thing. don't, we don't want to use that caterer because seven years ago, yeah, <laughs> it was yeah. bad. Like, no one forgets. Yeah, <laughs> never. Steak was overcooked. Well, it was catering. <laughs> yeah. Wasn't me. If it was me, it'd still be moving on the plate. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Um, I love to end on the tips question. So I feel like oh, we yeah, do this last one to wrap up. But I mean, I feel like you guys have learned so much through your experiences with your roles and how you've had to pivot during the pandemic. And then you've also been doing lots of your own trainings and learning about the industry to stay up to date with everything. Uh, so the final question, if you have three tips that you could give to another conference center trying to make use of their space during this time, what would those tips be? Get creative yeah. with your with your layouts. Uh with your distancing, just be as, that's one of the projects that I've been working on is getting creative with room layouts. Mm -hmm. What can we fit? How can we make it still be functional and look nice and follow safety code? Get creative. It's a good one. I would say at least make sure you have at minimum, depending on the size of your staff, one person who is up to 
date on all the AV stuff, everything that they're offering platform-wise, um, any apps or software that you're looking at, at least have one person dedicated to that. So when we hopefully come back face-to-face -face soon, you'll have all those things already built into your facility that it's, it's easier transition for you versus trying to, you know, on the fly, figure out how to do it for an event once you get back with your doors open. Um, but it, there's a lot out there. So as long as you have somebody who's constantly researching and educating themselves, I think you'll be ahead of the game more so than anybody. That's, um, that's a great tip because we at Triple C have this whenever we host events. The CEO always loves to say that AV can ruin an event. Like a great event can be completely ruined because of AV. Um, so we're big, we're big proponents of knowing the AV systems or like, you know, if you're the one hosting an event somewhere else, like hiring someone who knows what they're doing. <laughs> so I think is it really can. I mean, it doesn't matter how big the event is or what it is. Like if there's AV involved, it can just ruin it. <laughs> All it takes is one bad cable. Yeah. <laughs> or not the right cable or like, I thought right you cable. bought that connector. And I, yeah, we've been through it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, number three. I would say, I mean, the only thing I would say is just make sure you keep an open mind and stay flexible. I mean, we unfortunately um, don't have a hundred percent control over how our fee structure is built. It's an approved fee structure through the uh, president's office. So we can, you know, make discounts here and there, things that we need to do as far as our base structure. So like if you are a facility that has control over that, be flexible, be understanding. You know, I've heard a lot of planners talk about how they're paying for, you know, more space, but for less people. And it's like not within their budget. Well, I get it, you know, but you're also having to occupy because you still want to hit that level of attendee. So you have to understand that there's going to be additional fees. So if, if facilities can keep in mind that, their budget hasn't changed. In fact, it might be smaller than it was before. So if you can be flexible or somehow, you know, as we talk about less is more, maybe having less people at your event with more content, more one-on-ones, you know, with the speakers, things like that to help really give them, you know, a bang for their buck versus, no, we have to do this. You have to do it this way. It's black and white, you know, whatever the case may be. I think just being flexible and open-minded that everybody right now is struggling and we just need to get events going again. So have you know, some support there and keeping that at the forefront when you're doing this stuff. But other than that, that's pretty good tip, Sarah. Huh? That's a good tip. Yeah. Tell me something I need to change my ways around here. <laughs> no, those are great. Didn't you just book one for like February something? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's exciting. Wow. It's exciting. Yes. Congratulations. That's Thank you. A big deal. The first of the year. Well, yeah, we had that one in December, and that was the first one we'd had since August. So wow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yay. Yeah. <laughs> That's nice to hear. It's very nice to hear. Especially, you know, in the business that Rachel and I are in. It's nice to hear that people are hosting some events <laughs> face to face. Well, if you research anything about Vegas, they haven't slowed down. Oh. So if you really want to go to event, you know, go to Vegas. We know we have a, a lot of our clients from Vegas will join those like networking events. And a lot of times they're just like sort of bitching about what's going on because they don't want to, 
you know, they don't want the, the event managers don't want to be doing it and, and their staff's getting sick. And um, yeah. And they just, they've been cycling through those, like we're hosting events and then like shut down and we're hosting events and then like everything shut down again. <laughs> it's yeah. just, and no one they deal with is from Vegas. So it's, it's like just bringing in all these people from other places and yeah, they're not happy about it. Um, yeah. But I feel, I sort of feel bad because it's almost like I want to make the money. I don't want to be furloughed, but I also don't want right. to get sick and get my family sick. And, you know, so it's, yeah, but I agree. Vegas is, <laughs> Vegas is Vegas. <laughs> it's like its own country. Just put a big bubble over Vegas. <laughs> you should, yeah. It might be safer that way. <laughs> Honestly. Uh I don't know, they predicted that in that Simpsons movie too. They put the dome over the town. It was fine. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Simpsons have predicted everything. Literally everything that's happened in the past like 10 years. So the writers were time travelers. <laughs> they really were. I think they were. <laughs> or are for that matter. <laughs> uh, you want to wrap it up, Rach? Yeah. I feel like well, I started. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I mean, I think that we covered so many great things today and we really, really appreciate you coming on to join us. So thank you so much for intending and, and coming on as our guest today we, we love having a little double guest situation going on here so <laughs> we appreciate having both of you um and then to our listeners you can check out coffee talk we'll link the uh link to the your youtube channel which is where we watch all the episodes in our episode description so everyone can check that out and when do you when do you think you'll have your first episode for the new season coming up it's already live today, We're live today. oh yeah. sweet today. Yay. Yeah, we'll you'll actually get it. to hear all about catering on that one. <laughs> Can't wait. If you want to follow up on Sarah's opinions on catering, then check out one of their next, their newest season. <laughs> we'll have to have you guys on again after you, like you've had like you know after things are more normal and see how like Thanks for listening the reopening to this week's episode of, of Two Chicks went. Three Seats, yeah, our events that. industry podcast, yeah. brought to you today. by Thank you. Triple C, yeah. the yeah. <laughs> we'll be in touch. event management software. <laughs> Find out more about Triple Seat at triplecat.com.